I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to particularly welcome our newest campus, our Bay St. Louis campus. We're so excited to have you guys. Our new building over at our West Esplanade campus, Baton Rouge, Gulf Coast. So excited. Our Biloxi. Man, can we just welcome all those campuses? Man, we're excited. I know all of you are enjoying that campus at West Esplanade. It's an amazing place. I want to say this to all of our campuses. Man, you need to go check that out. And of course, here at Little Creek. Well, I want to welcome you to week four of our series entitled Not Okay. For those of you that are guests, every year, this time of the year, we do a series and it's, we call it a community series. And here's why. It's three parts. Weekend messages, Small groups, we have 10,000 people at all of our campuses in small groups, also a lot online, really all over the nation and the world. We also have written a devotional. I trust that you guys have been reading that. Stick in that, stick in the game there. We've got a couple more weeks for that. Week one, we talked about spiritual health. Now, now here's the whole thesis. We want to end up 2021 better than we began. But here's the deal. We've got to make some different decisions. The first thing that we got to do is we got to admit where we are. It's kind of like going into the doctor. You know, the doctor starts, you know, you know, kind of, where, okay, where's it hurt? What's going on? We've got to admit our areas of pain so that we can step into health. If we deny it, if we say, well, we're fine, everything's fine, but yet there's an area of pain in our body, the doctor can't help you. It's the same way in our soul. Matter of fact, we, we have a greeting in America. We have a greeting, you know, it's kind of like, you know, instead of saying hi, we'll go, how are you doing? Now, let me just say this. How many people really anticipate somebody stopping and telling them how they're doing? Could you imagine? How are you doing? If somebody said, you want to know? Stop right here. I'm going to tell you. You're like, no, dude, I was just saying hi. But the reality is this series is, uh, how are you really doing? Wow. For example, how are you doing spiritually? How was 2021? How's your spiritual life? Is it vibrant? Is it alive? Is it flourishing? By the way, do you have a plan? Week one, I talked about getting a spiritual growth plan. We have a physical growth plan, financial, all these things. But what about a spiritual growth plan? In other words, what are you going to do differently in 2021 to end up stronger at the end? Week two, we talked about mental health. Lot of conversation in our culture because of COVID-19 and all the things that are going on. There's a lot of mental health issues Again, I don't want to re-preach that message. Go back. You can download it online. And I talked about the importance of, of having the mind of Christ and how, how our minds can be renewed in the word of God. Here's why. Because what you think about determines what you feel about. What you think determines what you feel. And what you feel, you begin to make decisions about. Does that make sense? Thinking, feeling, decisions. And ultimately, that's where your character is formed. So if you want to change, you got to go back to what are you thinking? Are you thinking biblical thoughts? Is your mind being informed by what the world says or by what God says? Talked a lot about that in the mental health talk. Last week I talked about emotional health and stress. And here's what I said. I said if we don't manage stress, by the way, we can't eliminate stress. That's a misnomer. We can't eliminate stress, but here's what we can do. We can manage stress. And I said if we don't learn how to manage stress, stress will manage us. Today, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about a very private topic, a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. It's a very private part of our lives, and that's our money. 
Because here's what I found. If we don't manage money God's way, money will end up managing us. Now, for those of you that are new to Christianity, I want to say this. Or maybe you're just checking out Christianity. You may not know this, but the Bible actually has a lot to say about money. Did you guys know this? You know the parables of Jesus? The, the parables, you know, kind of all that red stuff in the New Testament. When we actually used to read our Bible and not look at it on our phone. You guys know the teachings of Jesus. There's 38 parables of Jesus. Do you want to know how many relate to money, possessions, and finances? 16. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus said more about money than heaven and hell. And 40% of the parables of Jesus related to money, possessions, and stewardship. Why is that? Well, because how many know he wants us to understand money from God's perspective? As a matter of fact, I'm going to teach you in this message, there's really only two gods. I remember years ago, I went to Asia, and I did a bunch of mission trips, and I went into this Hindu temple, and they told me, uh, the, the curator, the person who was kind of over, she said, that we worship 490 million gods. I said, no, 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 there's actually only two gods. Jesus said there's only two gods. There's Jehovah God, and there's money. The question is, which one are we worshiping? All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to open up, and I'm going to teach you guys today, all of our campuses, this is a very, a very unusual parable. Matter of fact, I've been the pastor, started this church 21 years ago. I've only taught on it one time and alluded to it twice. It, it is an interesting parable. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I want to make a couple upfront comments about this parable. Today I want to talk to you about the parable of the shrewd manager. The parable, the, the reason why this is such a profound passage and parable is because it appears, I want everybody, listen, this is a message to lean in on. Don't get distracted. Unfortunately, the saints are not playing today. Actually, nobody's playing today. Okay, there's nothing going on. There's no Mardi Gras parades. There's no football games. Are y'all with me? Can I have a big amen? Okay, so, so, so lean in on this message. It appears in this parable that Jesus is approving of dishonesty, but he's not. He's not commending the man's dishonesty or fraud at any level. What he's commending is his prudence. I think he does it probably for some shock value to shake us. I love the teachings of Jesus. I love studying the, all of the Bible, but there's, there's something about the teaching. Now, we believe all the Bible's inspired, but there's something about the teachings of Jesus. Today I want to talk to you out of Luke chapter 16, the parable of the shrewd manager or the shrewd servant or the shrewd steward. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more scripture than I usually do because I want to give you the whole context, all right? You guys ready? If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with me. From time to time, I bring out my screen, Luke chapter 16. Every verse is important. And then I'll put it all together and draw out the principles afterwards. All right, here we go. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Verse 2. So he called him in and he asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account. That's going to become an important word. Give an account of your management. Very important. Management. Stewardship. Your oversight. Because you can no longer be a manager any longer. Look at the next verse. Verse 3. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master's taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. And well, I'm ashamed to, to even beg. Verse four, I know what I'll do. He gets an idea. I, I, I know what I'll do. He says, 
When, when I lose my job here, well, people will, they're, they're going to come into my house. And he gets this idea. He gets this, this, this thing starts working in his mind. Look at verse 5. Here it is. So he called in each one of his master's debtors, and he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? Verse 6, 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. Hmm. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make, just write out $450. Well, it's half. Look at the next verse, verse 7. Then he asked the second, how much do you, do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, hmm, tell you what, take that bill, make it out to 800. Wow, drop the 200. Look at the next verse, verse 8. Uh, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had, he had, acted, he had acted shrewdly. Now, I'm going to talk about that. There's, there's, a, there's a wisdom. Watch this. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Look at the next verse, verse 9. I, I tell you, use worldly wealth. Now, that's going to be very important at the end of the message. The problem is, is that we, we sometimes get that flipped. He says, use wealth. We don't use people, we use wealth. He said, use wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into my eternal dwellings. Hmm, that's interesting. Again, I wrote, this is a crazy, strange little parable, but in the next verses, Jesus begins to elaborate a little bit more. In other words, he begins to give insight. By the way, when you do the teachings of Jesus and you look at the parables, you've got to stay with it because the parable at the end often interprets a parable. So here comes some of the interpretation. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very what? Say it. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Look at the next verse, verse 11. So if you've not been trustworthy and handling worldly wealth, now there's a connection here. How you manage money, do you manage it God's way? There's a connection between managing money and true riches. Now there's a connection. Jesus makes this connection. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And by the way, it's not the amount, it's the stewardship. Look at the next verse. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Last verse. No one can serve two masters. Now it gets real clear here. And I'm going to unpack this. There's only two masters. There's not 490. There's only two. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now it gets real clear. Remember, a parable, you got to stay with it. The parable often begins to interpret the parable. It gets real clear, and he ends it. You cannot serve both, everybody say it, God, and what? Say it. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Jesus makes it very clear. He doesn't say you should not serve both God and money. He actually says you cannot. It's not you should not. You cannot. It's impossible. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. The last phrase is the reason that we're going to look at what we're talking about today, and it's so important. And why is it? By the way, I've said this. I, I, we had the opportunity to start this church 21 years ago, and um, I, I've said this for probably 20 years. I've said this. Money is a wonderful tool. It's just a lousy God. Remember this. It's amoral. 
It depends upon whose hands it's in. Money is a wonderful tool. And Jesus begins to illustrate this with the parable of the shrewd manager. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to explain to you how important it is. I'm going to give you guys. Now, we're not passing out notes right now. But I want to encourage you. All those of you that are joining us online right now, uh, it's important. You've got the notes on, on the, the download there. But it's important. Maybe there's something you can take out. Because I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you four points about money, then four things to remember every day. It's a little listy, but I think it'll help you. Okay, what is Jesus teaching in this parable? Four things that we learn about money in this parable so that we can be financially healthy. I'm going to ask you one question. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands a lot, but how many of y'all want to be financially healthy in 2021? Would you just lift your hand up? Okay. And by the way, well, I just want to jump right into this. Okay, here we go. Number one, four things that we learn from this parable. Number one, don't waste it. Don't waste the money that God entrusts us. Look at Luke chapter 16, verse two. So he called him in and he asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management. What we see here is, is there's an owner. In this parable, the owner is a picture, watch this, the owner is the picture of God. The manager is the picture of the servant. So the owner owned it all. The manager, the servant, the steward, watch this, managed over not what he had, but what the owner had. And number one, he says, don't waste it. He was calling them into account because he saw some waste happening. By the way, there's a difference between enjoying what God gives us and wasting what God gives us. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says that God richly gives us all things to enjoy. God doesn't have a problem with you enjoying life. God doesn't have a problem with you enjoying the things that he blesses you with. There's a difference, though, of enjoying it and wasting it. Number one, don't waste it. Number two, the second thing that we learn from this parable, the scripture encourages us to not love money. Number one, we don't waste it. Number two, we are not to love it. We don't love it. We don't live for it. Look at verse 13. No one can serve Two masters, either you will hate the one and love. Jesus inserts the word. Either we will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Do you see the conflict here? Jesus is real clear. He says, you cannot serve both, everyone say it, God, and say it, money. You ever work for two bosses? I remember years ago, I worked for two bosses. It's very difficult to work for two bosses. You never know who you should obey. One gives you direction. The, the other one gives you direction. And, and, and it's very, that, by the way, that's why in a home it's important for, if moms and dads are raising kids, it's important for moms and dads to be on the same page. Isn't that right? In the same way, we, we, it's very difficult when we're, when we're getting direction from one boss and then another boss. And by the way, in this analogy, God is God. But there is another boss in people's lives shouldn't be that way. And that boss gives directions. That boss tells you what you should pursue. That boss is money. Jesus said, you don't serve. You cannot serve. It's not you should not serve. It's you cannot serve both God and money. Number one, he said, don't waste it. Number two, he said, don't say it, love it. Number three, he says, don't trust it. Don't waste it. Don't love it and don't trust it. We don't trust money for our security. 
I don't care how much money you have. This is not about how much money you have. We don't put our trust in money. Now, stay with me. We don't trust it. We see the manager learns this pretty quickly in verse 3. He says, what shall I do now? My master's taking away my job. Man, I've known people had a whole ton of money, and, and, and they lost it. There's different things. By the way, I, I was pastoring this church in 2008 when, you know, in the, the stock market and all that. And I tell you, some people did tremendous because their confidence was not in their investments. Their confidence was in God. If your security's in God, God can give you back the investments. Are, are you with me? And I don't believe in any way the scripture advocates irresponsible living. We should invest for the future. But this issue is where your love, your devotions, your allegiance, and your security is. What shall I do now? My master, it's taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. All of a sudden, boom, out of work. Look at Proverbs 23, 5. Your money can be gone in a flash as if it has grown wings and flown away like an eagle. I can't tell you the conversations that I've had with people over, over the years. And, 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 and so many people, pastor, I had, and then I lost, and then I had, and I lost. And now I'm realizing that my security was in my money rather than in the God who has all money. God owns it all. Everybody say, God owns it all. Again, God doesn't have a problem with you enjoying the resources that he entrusts to you. The issue is our heart. The issue is our allegiance. The issue is our confidence. The world rocks and reels and goes back and forth. But, but, but our, confidence, our, our confidence is not in our investments. We appreciate wise investing. We should do that. The Bible advocates that. But our confidence is in the God who owns it all. Number one, we don't waste it. Number two, we don't love it. Number three, we don't trust it. Number four, we don't expect it to satisfy. Money's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to fulfill you. The late business, business magnate, the wealthy business magnate, Howard Hughes, was asked, how much money does it take to make you happy? And he responded, just a little bit more. Pastor, does God have a problem with you having money? No. God doesn't have a problem with you having money. God has a problem with money having you. There's a difference. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their, their income. D do you have money or does money have you? Is your devotion to God, <laughs> is money a tool or is it your master? You can't serve both. I'll never forget, uh, years ago, there was a gentleman in our church that brought me to, to hunt at his his. Um, father-in-law's place. It was a tremendous place to hunt. It was fantastic. And, and the father-in-law had his pastor there. And before we went out to, to hunt, the pastor, you know, and I probably revealed some of my immaturity and my adrenaline and my excitement to hunt. I was like, let's go. I'm ready. The pastor said, let's pray first. The other pastor, not me. <laughs> now, it wasn't that I wasn't interested in prayer. I just had other things on my mind. Okay, I just want to admit my carnality there. So anyway, so the pastor and then the pastor, he's a pastor of this great big church in Monroe, and he says, he says, why don't we all hold hands? I thought, man, I'm, oh, all right, let's do it. You know, so we're all holding out. I thought, this guy is spiritual. I mean, he was an pa incredible pastor. And, uh, and, and so he began to pray, and it was so profound, simple and profound. Here's what he said. He said, God, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be out here today. So grateful for the bounty of the outdoors and the opportunity for and he named the gentleman for the privilege of being here. But God, you have given us, watch this. Here's the balance. Here it is. 
This will help you with how to perceive money. This will help you with how to perceive things. This will help you to how to perceive any of the things that, that you... Watch this. Here it is. Watch this. He says, Lord, thank you so much that you give us your creation for our enjoyment, but not for our fulfillment. For our fulfillment only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. I, I want to say this to all of you. Money's a wonderful tool. God blesses you with it. He gives it to you, but it's not for your fulfillment. Your fulfillment only comes through your personal relationship with Christ. Because if there's an emptiness in your soul, it doesn't matter how many things, it doesn't matter how many accolades, it doesn't matter how many accomplishments, it'll never satisfy like Christ. But when you know, when you know Jesus, and he fills your soul, then you can enjoy the things. It's, it's for our enjoyment, not for our fulfillment. Luke chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Don't, don't think that your self-worth is determined by your net worth. Your net worth is not equal to your self-worth. Your self-worth should be based upon the fact that you're made in the image of God, that you're valuable to Christ so much so that he died on the cross for you, that he shed his blood for you. Number one, don't waste it. Everyone say, don't waste it. Number two, everybody say, don't love it. Number three, say, don't trust it. Number four, stay with me. Say, don't expect it to satisfy. Before we close, here's what I want to do. So I'm, I'm now giving you the front part of that parable. Now I'm going to give you some interpretation on the back end, all right? And I want everybody to lean in. I've got 13, 14 minutes left. Everybody at all of our campuses, those at our West Osmanet campus, those in Baton Rouge, Bay St. Louis, Biloxi, this is very important. I'm going to give you, matter of fact, here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you four things that I would encourage you, write them down. Write, write them down, man, put them on the mirror in your bathroom. Put them somewhere. These are, these are four principles of how we can be healthy financially. Why is that? Because we need a, listen, we need a proper relationship with money. Money's a wonderful tool. It's just a lousy God. And these principles that I'm gleaning from this parable are so important. Number one, here's the four, th four, four things. This is the first thing to remember every day in 2021. We've got to remember this every day. God, God wants us to be spiritually healthy in 2021, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and financially healthy. Number one, the first thing that we need to realize from this parable is that it all belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. Your brains, the, the gifts that God's given you, the opportunities that God's given you, the whole universe belongs to God. The plants, the rocks, everything created belongs to God. And in this parable, the owner has all the property, and he allows the manager to steward over it. He allows the manager to take care of it. Verse, first verse, there was a rich man who's manager. The word for manager is the word steward. It, it means to take care of another's property. Question, question. Here it is. How well are you taking care of what God's given you? How well are you taking care of the talents and the time? Are you with me? And the treasure. How well are you taking care of the relationships that God's given you to steward over? How well? I'll never forget when I graduated. I went to, I went to college. 
I went to Tulane University, graduated. Then I went to Bible school in Dallas, Texas and graduated. Then I came back and enrolled in seminary at the Baptist Seminary. And when I there, I started a high school ministry called Next Generation. But I live with the associate pastor of our church and his wife. They owned a, a wonderful business as well. They had a beautiful home. It's a very prosperous business. And, and they built this amazing home. And I, I, they, I, they rented out to me the upstairs thing. They didn't have children at the time. And so they rented it out to me. And, and it was a wonderful courtyard, and it was just, it was awesome. And I was able to enjoy the whole place, and they were off and gone. And, you know, I'd walk out on that courtyard, and I'd have a robe with an S. No, I'm just joking. Okay, I'm just trying to, okay, can y'all just have some fun in church? Jeez Louise. But, but, but it was just amazing, and I had the opportunity to enjoy all of it. But I had some responsibilities. He cooked, I cleaned. I watered the plants every day. That was one of my, there was responsibilities. And as long as, listen, as long as I stewarded well, I lived with them for two years, almost two years. As long as I stewarded well what belonged to another, I was able to enjoy the benefits of it. Question, do you realize first that all that you have comes from God? Are you stewarding well what God has given you? I want everybody to say this will help you. This will free you. This will, this will be such an empowering concept. If you get it, everybody say, God owns it all. It all belongs to God. The money that you have belongs to God. The time that you have belongs to God. The, the, the talents that you have belongs to God. And he loans it to you. How well are you taking care of it? Number one, it all belongs to God. No, number two, God uses money. It's the second principle that we see in this parable. God uses money to test us. God tests us in every area of our lives. God doesn't just automatically pour out his blessing upon us. There's a, there's a sense, of course, we're forgiven of our sins, but the blessings of God, which is the ultimate blessing, but the blessings of God in grow, grow as we're faithful to steward what God's given us. That, that's, what the, that's what the parable's teaching. As we're faithful in little, then we're increased. We're increased in opportunities. We're increased in all the things in life. By the way, we do not believe at Church King the blessing of God is just related to money. No, it's much greater than that. But it includes that. And it is one of the areas that God tests us. It sure is. You guys remember, oh gosh, maybe in October, I, I did a series of steward. Once a year, I do a stewardship series, and then I'll, I usually do another talk in the January, February about seeing money from God's perspective. And I talked about beep. Y'all remember that? Do you remember that as kids? I remember beep. It's a test. Remember that? This is a test. It's only a test. Do you know every time you get paid, it, God, heaven goes beep. It's a test. Here's what's so amazing about resources. You guys ready? When you get paid, please don't miss this. What you do with the very first part of your increase, watch this. It's actually a double test. It's a double test. You may have heard as kids this thing, don't test the Lord. You guys may have heard that, don't test the Lord. That is 99% that is accurate. There's one area where God actually invites you to test him. So in other words, every time you get paid, what you do with the first part of what you get paid is a test. Watch this. God is testing you, but you also have the opportunity to test God. Wow, pastor. Some of you that may be new, this may sound very different to you, but there's a biblical principle, an ancient biblical principle called the tithe. Watch this, Malachi chapter 3. Remember, it's a double test. It's the only thing in the Bible. It's the only action in the Bible where there's a dual test. 
God tests us. What is the first thing we do with the first bit of resources? Number one, God is testing us. But number two, we should understand that God invites us to test him. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe. That's the first tenth of your increase. Into the storehouse, the place that you're fed. That there may be food in my house. Here it is. In 2021, why don't you take up God's, why don't you take up God's challenge? The 2021 challenge. God invites you. In this one verse, he invites you. Everybody say, test me. I want you just to let that sink in for a moment. God invites you in 2021 to test him in this. In what? In this. We don't test God in anything. In this, he says, test me. Test me. In this, the very first bit of money that comes in your hand, number one, God is testing us, but number two, he invites us to test him. Test me in this, said the Lord of hosts, almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there not be room enough to receive it. God is saying, I'm testing you to bring that tithe. Let me tell you what tithing does. A lot of people miss this. Please, please stay with me. A lot of people miss the tithe. They don't understand the big principle here. They don't understand that the tithe is actually, please don't miss this. It's the biblical principle, the ancient biblical principle that God gives us to keep money out of our heart and to keep money in our hands. What happens is that money wants to take the place of the throne of our heart. God says there's only two gods. Are you with me? Is Jesus on the throne of our heart or is money on the throne of our heart? And that's why the tithe is so important. It's an ancient biblical practice all the way from the beginning. Because when the first 10%, the first, not the last, but the first comes in, what you're doing is you're saying, money, get off of my heart, but stay in my hands. Money's a wonderful tool. It's just a lousy God. Are y'all with me? If you see this, I'm telling you, it's transformation. God does not have a problem with you having money in your hands. God has a big problem with you having money in your heart. And the tithe kicks money off the throne of your heart. No, 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 no. Jesus is there. Money, get off. Money, you stay in my hands. Get out of my heart. Yeah. I am so grateful that I was taught to tithe. My parents have been tithers. They, 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 they taught me to tithe. And and, and I'm so grateful for that. I saw them tithe for years and years. I'm grateful. I was mentored by a businessman as well. And uh, he, he mentored me when I was in college. I worked for him. And he taught me about the first 10% of your income, Steve, give it to God. And then he talked about savings above that, which I'm going to touch on. He talked about your first 10%. And then he talked about giving to the poor and offerings and different things. And I, and I was taught. I was taught by my parents. I was, taught by, I was taught by this businessman. And I was also taught by the associate pastor. He taught me about Steve. Listen, Steve, the way to keep money and right relationship with you, the way to keep you from, from being controlled by money, the way to keep money out of your heart, and they keep it in your hands is become a tither. It's the principle that lances, it lances that materialistic thing where you're controlled by money. But you can be a blessing with money. Yeah. What do we remember every day? It all belongs to God. Everybody say, it all belongs to God. Number two, second thing is God uses money to test us. By the way, the two money tests are what we love and trust most, wherever you put your money, remember this, wherever you, wherever you put your money, the Bible says, where your treasure is, don't miss this, where your treasure is, something's following it, something's following it, where your treasure is, there you're what? Say it, there you're, 
Are you with me? So in other words, wherever you put your money, that's why we need to invest it in the expansion of God's kingdom. As we, wherever, we need to help people. When it, watch this, watch this. Wherever Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart's going to follow. God uses money to test us. This is not about amounts. Get amounts out of your brain. It's not, this is not about amounts. The second thing that money tests is, this is a big one, our money management shows if God can trust us. Luke chapter 12, look at verse 11 and 12. One of the most important passages, the entire Bible. Here it is. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? What if you were a child of one of the world's wealthiest people? What if Bill Gates was your dad? Or by the way, did y'all see that Elon Musk is now taking over everybody? Tesla, it's powerful, right? I mean, he's now the richest man in the world. Or what if Jeff Bezos? I mean, do you think for a moment, do you think for a moment, if you were their child, they would just give you everything right off the bat? No, they would, they would, they would give you some. By the way, Dave Ramsey teaches this. I want to encourage you. I'm going to talk about Dave Ramsey. One of the things that he set up with his children, because he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, is there's steps and stages of maturity that they've got to go through. In other words, they've got to manage a little bit before they get a lot. Are y'all with me? That's a biblical principle. And I want to go on record as saying this. God wants to increase you. But increase in the kingdom of God follows faithfulness. But here's what happens. It is in every area. Your influence, the money that you have, the intimacy with God, your relationship with your children, every area of your life, God wants to increase you. Your impact, God wants to increase you. If you're faithful with the little, God gives you a lot. If you're faithful with the little, God wants you to expand. God wants you to expand. The key is faithfulness. Number three, money is a tool. I want, to, I want you to get this. I've got just a couple minutes left. You got to get this in 2021. I won't talk about this till next October in our series. You got to get this. 2021. 2021. Money's a tool. Money's a tool. Pastor, somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, you know, you know, doesn't the Bible say it's like money's the root of all evil? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say. Matter of fact, here it is. It says the what? Everybody say it. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money is amoral. It can do tremendous good if it's in the hands of a person that's wise and godly. It can do tremendous bad if it's in the hands of somebody that's involved in sex trafficking. Are y'all with me? It's amoral. It's all whose hands it's in. That's why Luke chapter 16, verse 9, watch this. Jesus says, I tell you, use worldly wealth. Use it. Use it wisely. Use it according to God's wisdom. Use it under the authority of Christ. Use it with Jesus being your Lord and money being your servant. But use it. Here's what happens. I want to challenge all the business owners in here. Stay with me. I've got two minutes. Stay with me. I want to challenge all the business owners in here. Here it is. I wrote this statement down. We are to love people and use money. The problem comes when we get that reverse. We start loving, when we start loving money, we end up using people to get more money inappropriately. God's not against us having profit. Profit is a good thing, but we want to make sure that we are using money but loving people. Are we loving those that work for us? Are we seeking to add value towards them? Money's a tool. Don't get that reversed. Money's a tool. Money's a tool. What does tithing do? It gets it out of your heart, keeps it in your hands. God will increase it more and more. What did the money manager do right? He looked ahead. Look at verse three. What else shall I do? He's thinking about the future. 
I believe in 2021, I'm going to challenge you as your pastor. Become a tither. Put God to the test. Invite the supernatural. But not only become a tither, become a saver. Become a saver. Whatever you got to do. Pastor, if I'm going to tithe 10% and save 10%, you know, we teach that around here. 10, 10, 80 rule. Many people give more than 10%. Many people save way more than 10%. But just start there. Pastor, I would have to make some radical adjustments. Whatever you've got to do, do it. Oh, my gosh. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 8, the wise man looks ahead. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face the truth. Make adjustments. That businessman that te- taught, disciple, he said, Steve, 10, 10, 80, I'm telling you, say, give te- your first 10% goes to God. The second 10%, you got, I started saving as a young man, a young man, I'm telling you. He taught me about that. And then I would give over and above, and, and then I say more than 10%. Now, why is that? Because I'm telling you, it gets in your heart. I want to challenge everybody as your pastor. This is a year. Begin to obey God in that and begin to save. Begin to, I'm telling you, and watch what God will do. Number four, he made a plan. Look at verse four. I know what I'll do. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? A lot of churches talk about the first 10%. Some churches talk about the next 10%. Very few talk about the next 80%. What about a spending plan? Proverbs 16, nine, we should make plans. I want to encourage everybody. I put this up here. I put this up here, Dave Ramsey. I want to encourage you on March 12th. Put that up there if you could. Financial Peace on March 14th. I want to encourage you. We've had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people go through what's called Financial Peace. It's a nine-week course teaching you about all that I've taught and much more and helping you get on a practical budget. Again, we're trying to help you in 2021. Here's the deal. We want you to be closer to God at the end of 21. We want you to have mental health, emotional health, I'm going to get into relational health coming up. I want to encourage you, if you've never gone through, matter of fact, how many of y'all with all, all the campuses, how many of y'all have been through Financial Peace University? Would you just raise your hand? Okay. I think we've had 6,000 people go through it, adults. I'm going to encourage you, please. Some of the groups, by the way, are going to transition into that. We have them online as well. We have, what is it? It's a nine-week course talking about all what we've talked about and even more. Number four, and I'll close one day. These are the, these are the things that we got to remember every day, every day, every day. God owns it all. Number two, God uses money to test us. Number three, money is a tool. Number four, one day we'll give an account to God. Look at verse two. Give an account of your management. Give an account. One day, our time, our talent, our treasure, our opportunities on earth, they're going to end. God has entrusted certain assets to you, certain things to you. And he says, I'm watching you, and I want to expand you. I want to bless you. I want to increase you. We believe the Bible teaches that. And one day, we're going to stand before God, and I'm going to stand before God. He's going to, Steve, Steve, what did you do with the influence I've given you? What what did you do with the opportunity? And, And here's the thing. I'm going to give an account. We're going to give an account. I want him to say, well done. Notice what he says. Don't miss this. Well done. Not that good and successful servant. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. Because one success is another person's failure, right? Well, they got, no, 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 no. Here it is. This is what we want to hear. Well done, thy good, and say it, say it. Faithful. God wants us to be faithful. Faithful with it he's entrusted to us. And as we do, we're increased. More people are impacted. We make a bigger difference for the kingdom of God. 2021 can be one of your, be- your best year yet in this area we do it God's way. You guys receive that word? Come on. Y'all receive that word? Let me pray for you. Father, I bless your people. Lord, teach us to be wise stewards.
We thank you for the power of your word. Lord, teach us this year. Lord, some people for the first time, they're going to put you to the test. They're going to invite you, the supernatural power of God, into their resources. Lord, there's some people that have been tithers for years, but they've not been savers. They're going to start saving this year. There's others been of tithers and savers, but maybe they're just their budget, their expenses have gotten a little out of control. Lord, give them wisdom. Give us all wisdom. We know your heart for us is a good father. To increase us, to grow us, to expand us, we want to be good money managers. Lord, bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, let's give the Lord another hand clap. Can we do that? We love you guys. Don't forget your small group this week. God bless you. We'll see you next week. What another incredible message. You know, Missy, it really was. You know what I love? It's how each week we get to come together as a family, worship, be challenged, be encouraged with a great message that can really help us take us in to the week. That's right. And if you're new here, we'd love to know so you can join us at our next steps. So please text CONNECT to 822-822 for more information. And if you're not new, we'd still love to hear from you. So take a moment and you can email us online at churchofthekingcom or if you need anything else, just give us a call, 985-727-7017. We're here for you. We wanna be able to pray with you and help you on your journey. Have a great week and we'll see you next week at Church Online.